0: Chapter 4 The Journey Toward Culture Change. The challenges that we face are momentous, but the potential for a renewal and renaissance of our faithful, inspired by the traditional Christian vision of the Armenian Church, is also momentous. To achieve this goal will require nothing short of a culture change, investment, not only by higher authorities on the local and diocesan levels, but by every individual who in any way associates him or herself with the Armenian Church. This vision statement should not be considered a strategic plan, but rather the seed and justification for that plan to be designed. The vision shows us the starting point and the end point along with certain mile markers that can give us guidance along the way. It is like a GPS system that gives us turn-by-turn directions to our destination, but must take into account all kinds of real-time circumstances traffic, weather, accidents, detours, road construction, closures, etc. In the same way, Determining the best path to our blessed destination is also dependent upon a number of variable factors. The realization of our vision to build up the body of Christ is naturally much more than simply traveling from point A to point B. It involves not one vehicle headed to a single defined destination, but many vehicles, men and women, Church parishes and mission parishes, clergy, diocesan leaders and structures, the primate, young people, deacons, teachers, unaffiliated or partially affiliated folks, and various church organizations. The destination is one, but the travelers are many, departing from varied places and therefore requiring individually tailored routes." the real-time circumstances that need to be calculated in order to build up the body of Christ in any lasting, meaningful way could never be predicted in advance and set down in a document such as this. Those variables include budget constraints, the inclination or disinclination of leadership at the local and diocesan levels at any given moment. Priorities discerned by the primate, clergy, church leadership and faithful. Competencies of leadership available at any given moment. Availability of resources. Unexpected circumstances demanding our diocese's attention, such as COVID and tragedies in Armenia. Not to mention our readiness to discern in our midst and to call upon the Holy Spirit of God, apart from whom... You can do nothing. John chapter 15, verse 5. What follows then are five guideposts or pillars. They are designated to coordinate the culture change that will be required to build up the body of Christ within this diocese of the Armenian Church. Let us repeat. These pillars constitute neither a strategic plan nor an action plan. They represent focus areas or broad objectives to guide every aspect of the work of this diocese, its parishes, church organizations, and faithful people. The precise strategies, priorities, schedules, funding, and implementation of the vision are to be defined by the primate, clergy, diocesan council, and local parishes, who will direct their energies, resources, and prayers into each of these pillars to move in the direction of the vision. Each of the pillars is drawn directly from St. Paul's vision of the Church when each of its members is working properly. The pillars are these. Coming to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God education, and formation. Repeatedly throughout this document, we have emphasized the rich Christian tradition of the Armenian Church, the centuries-old path paved by the Armenian people in response to Jesus' call to follow me. Our Church's sacred tradition comprises libraries of theological writings and biblical commentaries, volumes of sharagan hymns of many types, prayers for every occasion, Christian rituals unknown to any other denomination, sacred iconography and architecture, each expressing profound insights into Christian life. Many readers may be surprised that their ancestral church among the smallest surviving ancient churches, offers a most compelling perspective on the meaning of life that is of great relevance today, not just to ethnic Armenians, but to the world. To be frank, most Armenians have no knowledge of this richness at all. Touting the first Christian nation and citing the glorious Armenian language and beautiful sacred music, they pat themselves proudly on the back and go on with the business of daily life, leaving the details of the church to the clergy to curate. This is sad, because the Christian tradition of the Armenian church should not be an object to be admired from afar, but a living pathway to vibrant faith. It is the business of all who in any way associate themselves with the Armenian Church. The sainted theologians, composers, poets, martyrs, monks, nuns, men and women of prayer, teachers, and artists of Armenia's past must be our mentors in Christian faith today. When discovered, reclaimed, and properly adapted for today's age, according to today's circumstances, they point to God. They show us how to pray, how to worship, how to believe, how to love, how to do God's will in a hostile world, how to reconcile, how to suffer, how to forgive how to find inner peace, how to rejoice, and ultimately, what these few years of biological life on planet Earth mean. Coming to the knowledge of the Son of God, according to the holy tradition of the Armenian Church, must become the primary focus of everything we do. Our goal, according to St. Paul, and to the holy illuminator is not to learn data about god but to know god the way i know my mother or my dearest friend to memorize verses from the bible or the date of armenia's conversion to christianity is important but it is not the goal the word education must therefore be understood as more than studying and memorizing. Forming our people into fervent and hope-filled followers of Jesus Christ must become the priority of the diocese, its parishes, and all affiliated bodies and organizations. Quality stimulating Christian education and formation as children of God and children of the Armenian Church must take place always, not just on Sunday mornings, not just during Lenten lectures, not just during Bible studies and sermons. Forming and mentoring our people in a way that challenges them to change their lives and draws them closer to God must take place everywhere. During parish council meetings, at the annual bazaar, During coffee hours, at choir rehearsals, women's guild meetings, in the gym, in the kitchen, at parish and diocesan assemblies, during youth gatherings of every sort, in every venue and at every activity of the church, including, perhaps most critically, in our one-on-one interactions and relationships. Finally, Christian education and Armenian church formation apply to everyone, from font to funeral, as the ongoing, ever-present work of the church. Most critically, we must repair the fatal rupture that has opened in the Armenian church's identity, which has distinguished a Christian mandate versus a separate national or ethnic mandate. The two are one. To bisect the Armenian Church's mission in this way has damaged our Armenian identity, which comprises both. There can be no Armenian school separate from Sunday school, and vice versa. The split personality that we have created for the Armenian Church has served only to divide the Armenian people and damage the integrity of our church and civilization. One of the chief goals of our diocese's educational initiatives must be to heal this schism by drawing our people's attention to the 95% of Armenian culture that is distinctly Christian. We must collaborate with academic and cultural institutions to find the most effective ways to teach the modern Armenian language. At the same time, we must also give attention to the classical language. It is the classical literary language, krapar, that is the key to the Armenian Church's vast library of historical and spiritual writings. The lives and testimony of the saints of the Church, the worship tradition, The Armenian Church's insights into the Bible, the profuse body of sacred hymns, not just their exquisite melodies, but the theological and spiritual content of their lyrics, which comprises a veritable encyclopedia of the Christian faith. The countless spiritually invigorating sermons of the great preachers of the Armenian Church from ancient times to our day, and the beauty and profound significance of the Church's iconography. Discovering the spiritual richness of our authentic tradition will be life-giving. The task of presenting the richness of Armenia's sacred culture to our people will require the creative energy of our best minds, and it will take time, but it must be made a priority. When all of us in the Church are consciously seeking to grow in our knowledge of God and of God's Holy Church, it is then that we come to the unity of the faith. We are no longer individuals pursuing our own spiritual interests in our own ways, on our own schedules and according to our own subjective sense of spiritual need, we grow together as the Armenian Church, supporting each other and building up the body of Christ. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, everyone is a servant and minister. Culture change requires the investment and the participation of many people with assorted skill sets and perspectives. Enlivening the church is bound to falter or fail if it is relegated exclusively to the clergy. In the minds of many, the priests are the professionals paid to perform their religious duties while everyone else retreats into the mode of consumer or audience. Furthermore, In most communities of our diocese, the priests are already overwhelmed by their strictly spiritual responsibilities. In our largest parishes, a single priest is responsible for the spiritual care of hundreds or thousands of people. St. Paul's vision for the Church of Ephesus is clear. Some should be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists some pastors and teachers. The complexities and challenges inherent in ministering to our people in these difficult times requires that every member of the Armenian Church brings together his and her collective wisdom, gifts, experience, and faith to the mission that God has assigned to us. In so doing, we come together join our efforts, embrace each other in Christian commitment. No baptized member of the Armenian Church may be excluded from the privilege of serving God in the Church or caring for one another in the Church and outside her walls. In our diocese, we must inspire and equip every person to participate actively in the ministries of the Armenian Church according to each one's gifts. Every member of the Church must be a servant. Our Christian education and formation efforts must have as their final goal to train ministers and servants to do God's will in the Armenian Church with love and compassion. The ministries are as varied as our dedication to God and our commitment to one another teaching, mentoring, visiting, cooking, feeding, singing, cleaning, praying, painting, organizing, promoting stewardship, writing, serving, greeting, building relationships with outsiders to name only a few. Mentoring must become the hallmark of our parishes and our diocese. So equipped, everyone in the parish works with the pastor to promote the body's growth in building up the parish in love. Knitting Together the Body in Love The Holy Badarak he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him says Jesus John chapter 6 verse 56 St Gregory the Illuminator's statement of the mission of the Armenian Church quoted above culminates with his conviction that the church must enable the people to eat the body of the Son of God and drink the life-giving blood so that thereby they may escort the entire world into the inheritance of Christ to become heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ. Biblically, theologically, and historically, the holy Badarak is the centerpiece of the Armenian Church's life and identity. The Badarak is the universal that has always been the beating heart of everything that the Armenian Church does, until today. It could be argued that ultimately it is the Badarak that has kept and sustained the Armenian people throughout its tumultuous history. Above all, it is through the Badarak that the Church becomes the body of Christ, the living agent of God's healing in a broken world, armed with the grace, the love, and the divine sanctifying power of God, as the priest chants in the midst of the Badarak every Sunday. The challenge of drawing our people into a meaningful engagement with the Badarak is a complex and emotional problem that involves issues of faith, language, culture, a general lack of biblical and liturgical knowledge among our people, societal and economic pressures, and other factors, many of which are out of our diocese's control and jurisdiction. Nevertheless they must be addressed as issues of primary importance. Careful, prayerful efforts must be made to restore the holy Badarak to be the source, heart, and summit of our Christian calling within the Armenian Church. As a community, we must examine the prayers, hymns, and rituals of the Badarak, drawing out their biblical content theology, and critical importance for our lives today. Through prayerful teaching and especially mentoring, we must lovingly challenge our people to rethink their assumptions regarding this most magnificent mystery. Every activity and occupation of the parish must feed and be fed by the community's meaningful participation In the Badarak, thinking outside the box, we must rediscover and reclaim the Badarak as the fuel of our faith, which inspires us, challenges us, and guides us into him who is the head, into Christ. Speaking the Truth in Love, A Healing Church To build up the body of Christ is to bring healing and reconciliation wherever there is fragmentation and discord. That is what Jesus did wherever he went, whenever he said, follow me. We must follow Jesus, the head of the body, and bring active compassion and healing wherever there is loneliness, sickness, and isolation. Ours is a society of increasing polarization and fragmentation in society at large and within the family. Increasingly in our country, the noble notion of liberty has mutated into an individualistic, egocentric attitude that is entirely non-Christian. It alienates rather than conciliate. It breaks down rather than build up. It promotes me rather than we. The Armenian Church, in accordance with her holy mission, must actively forge communion among its own children through the Holy Spirit of Christ, deploying kindness and compassion toward her people and toward all. The Armenian community in America is a society of many ethnicities, languages, and cultures. Too often we view this diversity as a handicap. On the contrary, the Armenian people have had a global presence for over a millennium. We speak many languages. We make our home in every continent on this planet. We forge fruitful social and professional ties with virtually anyone with whom we come into contact. Few other nations can make such a claim. In this global world, the ease with which Armenians move from one culture to another should be recognized as a major asset. It follows that the distinct mission and competence of the Armenian Church should be to bring harmony and communion to this world through her commitment to Jesus Christ in whom there is neither jew nor greek there is neither slave nor free there is neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus galatians chapter 3 verse 28 This is not to imply that differences in gender, ethnicity, or social status are erased in Christianity, by no means. It means that to be a member of the body of Christ is to embrace a higher calling. When one commits oneself fully to the body of Jesus Christ, then all gender, ethnic, political, Nationalistic and other rivalries and polarizations dissolve into irrelevance by comparison with the dignity of being embraced and loved by the creator of all reality. Our goal is not to create some neutered, culture-free church or society, nor is it to be an entity without any norms, where any and every behavior, lifestyle, creed, and attitude is accepted. Our goal is to welcome all people onto the path of God, where together we might advance toward the realization of the body of Christ, as the Armenian Church knows and has known Him for 2,000 years. Progressing along that well-traveled path requires every trekker to examine and adjust his or her life daily to conform to the heavenly standards of the kingdom of God. The Bible calls this repentance. It is in this context, too, that the riches of Armenian culture are made fully manifest. Isolation also results from all kinds of human suffering that are native to this world, bodily, mental, and emotional illness, betrayal, anxiety, relentless busyness, addictions, abuse of all kinds, spousal discord, unbearable economic pressures, societal demons, manic materialism, political polarization, Racial injustice, savage competition, and other misfortunes cause agonizing pain, and they ultimately push vulnerable people to the margins of life. It is at once the obligation and the privilege of the members of the Armenian Church to reach out to and to embrace these people in love. As Jesus exemplified, and countless saints of the Armenian Church realized. This diocese of the Armenian Church should thus prepare herself to engage her people in Christian love wherever they are, meeting them in the midst of every hardship and every moment of uncertainty. We must translate the wisdom of the gospel, the sacred traditions of the Armenian Church, especially her liturgy and the insights she has acquired through 2,000 years of Christian discipleship into concrete action, motivated by selfless love, much more resolutely than ever before. We must reach into the reality of our people's lives today. All the members of the body, not just the clergy, must show a willingness to respond wisely and compassionately to all people who are struggling with all manner of challenges, and to lead by example in providing spiritual care and guidance for the vulnerable and marginalized. Jesus extended his hand to those discarded by society. For those people embroiled in ethically and morally corrupt or ambiguous lifestyles and behaviors— The Church must speak the truth, but always with love and compassion. A healing Church cannot be content only to preach to her own, within her own doors. She must model the loving communion of Jesus Christ from its Christian Armenian perspective outside her own doors, in ecumenical and interfaith circles, in her immediate neighborhood in the broader conversation of American society. Most important of all, the Armenian Church must be present in the home and family. The Church must never become a ghetto, an isolated island of like-minded people, secluded from the world and afraid to engage it. In Armenian life, the home has always been the rich seedbed of the body of Christ. In a society that is hostile to the home and to the family, the Armenian Church must reach out proactively with all of the spiritual tools at her disposal through the Holy Spirit, through biblical models of Christian domestic life in her own holy tradition, in order to strengthen the family as the foundation of the Church. Many, perhaps most people who identify as Armenians or who in any way associate themselves with the Armenian people, have little or no meaningful connection to the Armenian Church. Many do not live within easy traveling distance of an Armenian Church community. As Armenian apostolic Orthodox Christians, we must find the compassion and selflessness to reach out to all those who, for whatever reason, are out of our reach and who, therefore, are only nominally members of the Armenian Church. The creative use of electronic ministries, such as the diocese's Vemkar application, are a good start. We must do more. Renewing the Attitude of Our Minds Reforming Church Structures and Governance The body of Christ only upbuilds itself in love when each part is working properly and when those parts are interacting with single-minded purpose. A vision that calls for culture change will only advance when existing church structures and governance are examined and reformed as necessary for the circumstances of the current times. The rudiments of this diocese's governance structures were conceived almost a century ago. While periodically updated over the years, the bylaws of the diocese were drafted in a world very different from ours today, under conditions that have changed radically over the years. The Armenian Church in America was in its infancy. The Mother See of Holy Etchmiadzin held captive by the atheistic Soviet regime, was unable to serve its jurisdictions in the Western world. Today, our diocese is over a century old. It has grown from a handful of scattered communities to a network of dozens of parishes, some small, some very large. In recent years, the diocese's population center is shifting from the New England and the greater New York metropolitan area to the southern and southeastern United States. The old Armenian political party's influence over the affairs of the Church has declined radically, if it remains at all. The geographical expanse of this diocese is enormous and unparalleled by comparison with other Christian denominations in America. One bishop is expected to shepherd and administer the affairs of a vast diocese that, in any other Orthodox, Catholic, or Episcopal Church, would encompass a number of auxiliary bishops extending the primate's reach on a regional basis. The cultural diversity within the diocese is unprecedented in its history, creating further challenges to the unity and proper functioning of the body. Perhaps most troubling of all, except for the short mission statement cited above, the diocesan bylaws are a completely secular document focused almost entirely on administrative matters. Our current governance structures do not encourage consensus building. They stifle it by contenting themselves to majority rule. They reduce the sacred work of the church to business items on an agenda. They magnify fiduciary matters beyond anything we find in the Bible or in the history of the Armenian Church. Overlooked is any attention to the actual work of the Armenian Church or how the various constituent bodies of the diocese are to achieve the specific Christian mission that introduces the document. Prayer, baptism, faith, youth ministries, the sacred language, Armenian Christian culture, sanctity, stewardship, contemporary societal issues, the Bible, the Badarak, ecumenical issues and opportunities, St. Gregory the Illuminator and the Holy Trinity of God are nowhere addressed or even alluded to. With only minor editing, the current bylaws could regulate the operation of a large bowling league or country club. The cultural change involved in building up the body of Christ will require a careful examination and revision of our inherited models for leading the Church. The perpetual lack of people, especially young professionals, who are eager to become candidates for various offices in the diocese and parishes, should be enough to demonstrate that our diocese's governance system is not working. Our diocese, and in turn each parish under the jurisdiction of the diocese, needs to review every aspect of its operations, organization, funding, infrastructure, and communications, improving and reaffirming itself in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus to be renewed in the attitude of our minds, all members of one body.